Chapter Two of Sixteenth Century Bristol by John Latimer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two. On the cursory examination of the corporate account books in the middle of Henry VIII's reign, the income and expenditure of the civic body appeared to be marvellously insignificant as compared with the importance and reputation of the port and borough in the year ending michaelmas fifteen thirty six for example the total receipts of the chamberlain treasurer are stated to have been a hundred and eighty six pounds eight shillings eleven and a half dimes whilst his outlay was no more than a hundred and sixty one pounds ten shillings one dime further examination however reveals the fact that this official was the recipient of a little more than the waifs and strays of the corporate revenue and that the chief financial business was in the hands of the sheriffs whose accounts have not been preserved in the council house the true state of affairs is revealed in an elaborate document addressed to all the powerful ministers cardinal holsey by william dell one of the sheriffs elected in fifteen eighteen complaining of the manner in which he and his colleague like all previous sheriffs had been victimized by the common council according to the detailed figures which he sent forth which must be multiplied by twelve to represent the currency of modern days the trivial income including sixty pounds received from the chamber was two hundred and thirty two pounds ten shillings and eight dimes on the other hand the sheriffs were required to pay the fee farm of the town yearly due to the crown which with subsidiary expenses amounting to a hundred seventy two pounds to furnish the mayor with his pension of twenty pounds to provide his worship with a splendid robe of scarlet and fur wine minstrels and many other items costing altogether thirty seven pounds to disperse all the charges for watches wrestling bear baitings and christmas drinkings referred to in the previous chapter which with other like matters involved an outlay of over forty six pounds to pay the salaries of the recorder town clerk town steward town attorney priest of st george's chapel porters of the town gates and minor corporate officials and to bedeck the whole of them with robes at a total outlay of over a hundred pounds to defray the cost of this season's twelve pounds to pay the wages of the members of parliament for the city when at westminster two shillings per day each to keep in order st nicholas clock to give dolls to the four orders of friars etc the aggregate outlay amounting to over three hundred and seventy eight pounds mr dale and his companion were thus out of pocket a hundred and forty six pounds exclusive of two hundred and forty pounds alleged to be both sheriff's expenses and cost of household and the apparel of them and their wives the common council were highly indignant at these revelations and warmly protested that the expenditure of the sheriffs was in accordance with ancient custom and that the charges alleged to be partially exaggerated and partially due to high and progenial minds might well be borne 
by prosperous men in consideration of the worshipful dignity conferred upon them the cardinal nevertheless commanded a reform of the system and in fifteen nineteen the corporation doubtless much against its will made new arrangements the allowance of sixty pounds to the sheriffs were discontinued but the dues derived from shipping entering the port then amounting to nearly eighty three pounds were thenceforth to be received by the sheriffs together with the tolls collected at the town gates fifty seven pounds their customary income derived from the great st james's friar twenty three pounds from law fines and fortitures thirty pound and twelve pound the profits of the gaol for strange to say the gaol was a profitable institution were to be retained and a few trifling items raised the trivial income to two hundred fifteen pounds as regarded expenditure the sheriffs were relieved from the expense of the mayor's pension and robes and from the wages but not from the robes of the recorder and city officers whilst a few charges for wrestling drinkings etc were also transferred to the chamber the total expenditure being thus cut down to two hundred seventy three pounds being still an excessive over income of fifty eight pounds subsequent sheriffs must nevertheless have been grateful to mr dell and the cardinal the custom of demanding toll at the town gates on goods entering or leaving a fortified borough was originally established for the purpose of maintaining the walls and was probably universal in the middle ages even to the present day the corporation of newcastle derives a great yearly income from this source and the proceeds of the octroi at paris meet the ordinary outlay of the municipality the system however was very unpopular in bristol and the complaints of the inhabitants eventually accumulated in scenes of violence in fifteen forty six a happy thought suggested itself to some worthy citizen and was received with general applause as need hardly be stated the then recent suppression of the monasteries had led to the seizure by the crown of an almost fabulous amount of wealth in the shape of gold and silver plate many cartloads of such treasure having been secured at canterbury durham and york and vast quantities in the wealthier abbeys in the year just named the government had already turned a covetous eye on the chantries in the cathedrals and parish churches which with many free chapels were upwards of two thousand three hundred in number and there was ample reason for suspecting that the churches themselves which were richly stored with valuables in the shape of processional crosses monstrances incense boxes fibules and eucharistic vessels would not long escape spoliation now the corporation had succeeded in obtaining from the king in fifteen forty an extensive grant of the estates of the dissolved religious houses and a further grant in fifteen forty four of properties in bristol to be referred to presently but had been forced to borrow the purchase monies one thousand seven hundred and ninety pounds and was in painful financial straits the propounder of the brilliant idea just referred to suggested that the parochial vestries should offer the corporation a quantity of plate sufficient to pay off a large portion of its liabilities 
on condition of its surrendering its rights to levy tolls the proposal having been approved by fourteen out of the seventeen city parishes and eagerly accepted by the common council the accounts of the sheriffs for the previous ten years were examined to ascertain the amount received at the gates and also the sum collected in the shape of dues on victuals and grain of all kinds wool yarn and flannel brought to the quays by ships in the result a net sum of forty four pounds per annum was settled upon as adequate compensation to be paid by the council to the sheriffs for the abolition of the tolls and dues the fourteen vestries thereupon produced plate to the value of five hundred and twenty three pounds ten shillings and eight dimes taking security from the corporation to be borne harmless in case the treasure should be thereafter claimed by the crown by the aid of this handsome gift the civic body overcame its pecuniary embarrassments and entered into full possession of the estates of gaunt's hospital save the rich manor of paulet in somerset the bristol houses of the grey and carmelite friars the manor of hamp formerly belonging to Athorney abbey and a slice of land previously the property of the magdalen nunnery on st michael's hill for all which the crown had received a thousand pounds and also of the bristol properties still to be described the country estates of gaunt's hospital were sold in eighteen thirty six for nearly sixty thousand pounds colston hall and the property in the rear including the red lodge represented the site of the carmelite friary on june fourteenth fifteen forty six a formal agreement was drawn up between the corporation and the discreet and loving burgesses whereby it was declared that after due deliberation of the disquietness created by the tolls the perjuries and blasphemies caused by them and the evil slanders against the city thereby arising and in further consideration of the future good of the city and of those resorting to it all the gates should be thenceforth freed from all manner of tolls and that no shipping dues should be levied on the goods and wares mentioned above the relief from an oppression burden was proclaimed at the high cross amidst general rejoicing not the slightest allusion is to be found in the corporate account books to the purchase from the crown or to the contributions of the parishes the transactions were doubtless dealt with in a separate volume since lost certain church plate probably from st mark's church mayor's chapel was carried to the council house in order to be sent to london and sixteen dimes were spent for beer ale and wine drank when the plate was counted and packed into baskets for the carrier but no time was lost in turning the acquired property to account the friary buildings were at once converted into quarries paid two men for choosing out of the friars certain paving stones to pave withal two shillings six dimes hundreds of sledge loads of stone including chimney pieces and other ornamental work were afterwards drawn from thence for building purposes as the gross rents of the monastic estates amounted to two hundred and sixty six pounds in fifteen forty eight when they make their first appearance in the audit book it is clear that the purchase produced an enormous return from the outset
the second royal grant to the corporation was of much less value than the first but it definitely settled a controversy that had been a chronic trouble for many generations early in the twelfth century robert fitzroy earl of gloucestershire lord of the great manor of bedminster which then extended to bristol bridge granted to the order of templars a portion of the borough of redcliffe which served portion was thenceforth known as temple fee on the ruthless destruction of the templars in the reign of edward the second this fee was part of the estate which the king conferred on the knights of st john of jerusalem and formed part of the preceptory of temple coombe the new owners like the predecessors were empowered to hold their own courts to execute felons and to exercise all other feudal privileges in their domains independent of the ordinary authorities when redcliffe became incorporated with bristol the attempts of the corporation to extend their jurisdiction over temple fee which seems to have become a refuge for outlaws was strongly resisted by order of the non-resident knights and civic officials pursuing malefactors appear to have frequently returned with empty hands and broken heads in fifteen thirty two when the contest for jurisdiction was in one of its acute stages a member of the order styled the knight of rhodes in the corporate accounts paid a visit to bristol to discuss the matter and was entertained by the city with two gallons of wine and a quantity of sweetmeats without anything being gained by the expenditure no settlement being effected the respective parties appealed to the king the prior of st john who had a seat in the house of lords alleging that temple street as part of the fee enjoyed liberty of sanctuary for felons and murderers and that his tenants there had a right to buy and sell though not burgess of bristol claiming also to hold courts and to have the return and execution of writs all which privileges were denied by the corporation the king referred the dispute to two of the superior judges who after hearing evidence adjudged in fifteen thirty five that the civic officers had a right to arrest felons in the fee and to execute writs but postponed their decision on other points troubles with the military monks came to a summary end in fifteen forty one when their possessions were confiscated in fifteen forty four the corporation petitioned the king for a grant of the lands quit rents etc of the fee and the adversan of temple church estimating the yearly value at fourteen pounds seven shillings eleven dimes they also prayed to be granted the estate in bristol then lately belonging to viscount lyle but fallen into the king's hands the annual value being estimated at fifty seven pounds eight shillings three dimes his majesty assented to the request and granted both the estates in consideration of a payment of seven hundred and eighty nine pounds seventeen shillings ten dimes the above estimates of value are shown to have been pretty accurate by the civic audit book for fifteen forty eight in which the properties make their first appearance the rents had produced ninety four pounds reduced to about sixty eight pounds by outlay for repairs 
the corporate estates were not secured by a simple payment of the king's demands for their concession the civil government of the country after the fall of wolsey fell into the hands of thomas cromwell whose insatiable rapacity was phenomenal even in its own time the astonishing results are to be read in the state papers of the reign it came to be universally understood that any claim however just and petition however reasonable addressed to the depotic monarch was doomed to certain rejection unless favoured by the minister and that such favour was hopeless unless purchased by a bribe a golden stream flowing from all ranks accordingly set in and yearly increased even before the monasteries were threatened abbots and priors vied with each other in showering gratifications on the dreaded secretary when they fell and the court was besieged by innumerable suitors for a share in the gigantic spoil the flood of money that poured into the vicar-general's coffers must have astounded even himself a characteristic example of his unscrupulousness occurred shortly before his fall in august fifteen thirty nine grinniams the last abbot of st augustine's transmitted him a bribe of a hundred pounds to secure the royal confirmation to that office which he was forced to surrender only four months later the corporation of bristol took a just measure of cromwell's character at an early date in fifteen thirty three the office of recorder falling vacant it was conferred upon the secretary as a sinecure bringing in twenty pounds a year and securing his countenance which was the one thing needful it may be safely assumed that a larger gratification had to be offered to him when the negotiation was opened for the gaunt estates but the records have disappeared the royal grant had passed the general seal only a few weeks when cromwell having served his master's purpose met with the customary fate of tudor instruments the following entries occur in the civic account book for fifteen forty paid to the lord privy seal by the hands of mr davy broke recorder twenty pounds for as much the twenty pounds charge paid to the lord essex late recorder for his fee due to him at the feast of the nativity fifteen forty which accustomedly was used to be then paid at one time and for that this said lord of essex was beheaded before the said feast in the said year we the auditors find that the twenty pounds ought not to be allowed in this account how this little difficulty was settled does not appear the fall of cromwell was followed by the rise of another ignoble and greedy tool of despotism edward brother of queen jane seymour created earl of hertford and duke of somerset who afterwards unspurred the place of lord proctor seymour had bristol blood in his veins and the corporation with its usual predilection for a powerful friend at court invited the office of lord high steward endowed it with a yearly fee of four pounds and presented it to the rising luminary soon after the death of henry the eighth somerset and his mildredums laid hands on the chantries in the manner narrated in the previous chapter and the protector paid a visit to bristol to watch local operations 
his inquisitorial commissions reached the city about the same time and were profusely entertained by the corporation with which a sharp eye for congences presented the lord high steward with his fee accompanied by two butts of wine and paid the charges of his retinue the results proved highly satisfactory the chantries with all their estates and effects were of course entirely swallowed up the merchant ventures chapel of st clement the weavers chapel of st catherine the tailors chapel of st john and knapp's chapel on the back were suppressed and the contents confiscated services at the chapel of st george in the guild hall were stopped and the image of the patron saint was torn down the chapel of the three kings of Colling at christmas steps and trinity chapel in the old market both attached to almshouses of which the corporation were trustees were not included in the sale of the chantry estates the commissioners however decreed that they were the property of the crown and ordered the confiscation of so much of each of the hospital estates as was equivalent in yearly value to the stipend of each of the dispossessed chaplains about six pounds this decision appears to have been long overlooked but it was discovered in fifteen seventy seven by two legal sharpers who forthwith procured a grant of the two chapels and the reserved lands from queen elizabeth the grantees then came down upon the corporation who were compelled to submit to their terms and who paid them sixty six pounds thirteen shillings four dimes for a transfer of the queen's conveyance the chapel of st mary on bristol bridge which the adjoining dwelling of the priest was bestowed upon the corporate body through the estates of the fabric went with the rest of the chantries the transaction is recorded in the audit book paid to the king for the purchase of the site with the priest's chamber and the lead with all the appurtenances belonging to the same forty pounds more to the king for the bells and all the vestments and implements eleven pounds there were however large incidental expenses several journeys had to be made to london to get the grant passed in due form the lord chancellor had to be paid for the patent the lord privy seal had to be feed for the signet and gratitudes had to be offered to court underlings scribes and attorneys the total expenditure being thereby raised to nearly eighty eight pounds but on the other hand the proctors and auditors of the chapel paid over funds in hand of which it may be safely suspected the royal agents had been kept in the dark amounting in round figures to fifty five pounds the bells and implements sold for eleven pounds and one mrs compton paid six pounds thirteen shillings four dimes for the consideration that sir thomas her kinsman might be admitted to the same service that is be appointed chaplain which he possibly was for life the actual outlay by the corporation was thus reduced to a few pounds the chapel extended right across the bridge being erected over an archway similar to that of st john's church in broad street in fifteen fifty three another gang of spoliators were nominated by the government to confiscate the plate of all the churches in the kingdom and bristolians had good reason to congratulate themselves on their proceedings in fifteen forty six 
with the exception of two small chalices in the cathedral and one in each of the parish churches which were ordered safely and surely to be kept for the king's majesty's use every precious article was carried off together with most of the parochial bells the cathedral was deprived of five great bells and nearly a hundred and thirty tons of lead roofing the returns as to the quantity of plate actually seized have perished but some conception of the total may be arrived at by recorded facts relating to st nicholas's church when the prayer called gifts were made to procure the freedom of the gates this church possessed six hundred and ninety four ounces of silver ornaments and the vestry contributed forty six pounds fifteen shillings which at five shillings six dimes per ounce the current value of silver bullion would represent a hundred and seventy ounces the commissioners therefore swept off the remaining five hundred and twenty four ounces less one chalice of fifteen ounces left in parish as regards all saints church a document is in existence proving that four hundred and twenty ounces were taken thence to the bristol mint these were probably the two wealthiest parishes in the city but even the little parish of st leonard was despoiled of two hundred and twenty two ounces and it may be fairly assumed that the aggregate spoil from the cathedral and the seventeen parochial churches must have reached about five thousand ounces of silver to say nothing of the value of the lead and bells the plate was probably removed to the local mint and converted into base money the shillings coined by sharrington being intrinsically worth about three pence End of chapter two